Our Father, we thank you again for the blessings you've given us. Chance to learn more about your love for us and, and help us that we can better learn how to communicate with each other so that we can share your love. May people hear your words, not mine. We ask this in thy name. Amen. Unfortunately, when we're involved in relationships of any sort, conflicts sometimes happen. And different people are going to view things differently. Uh, sometimes they're minor. Uh, sometimes it's not a real big deal. And we just say, okay, you, that's how you see it. This is how I see it. But we need to work together and we're going to move forward. Uh, sometimes that isn't quite how it works. Here we have a picture of two people who are involved in what one guy terms a naval engagement. Their belly buttons are together. Okay, so that's what they, we can call that a naval engagement. Hopefully this isn't how your staff meetings go. Uh, some people are going to look at conflicts with horror because they figure it's going to be threatening a relationship and everything. They're not, conflicts aren't always going to uh, screw up relationships. Um, and we shouldn't run from them. But we don't want to ignore them when, we, when some of them definitely do need to be solved. Hopefully this isn't your main method for resolving conflicts. That's mine. That's yours. I joke around at work all the time. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wrestle you. Uh-huh. Until the head guy actually took me up on that. So, so how'd that work? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here is, if, you, if you're going to take on somebody arm wrestling, you need, a, you need somebody who is going to be uh, the one to say go. And so you're both going to get ready. And when the other guy, right before he says go, you, you're going to tense up so that you are solid. I mean, I mean, lats, abs, everything is tight. And then as you grab the other guy's hand, you say, what soft skin you have. And that might be their, his response. And when you laugh, you relax. And then you have a better chance to pin them. <laughs> so there, so, but arm wrestling isn't the general rule of thumb for, for resolving conflicts. You can edit that out of the recording, please. <laughs> okay, conflict solving. We need to choose the best time and place. There are times uh, you know, where we, we don't want to always do things in front of everybody else. Uh, first club I had, I was very blessed. Um, I didn't realize it, but I had one kid that had the ability to push another kid's buttons. And I was totally oblivious. Okay, I, but I saw the one kid misbehaving. And... So I was about to speak to him. Thank you, Jonathan. My boy's counselor said, just go out, just take him out to the lobby. And so we went out to the lobby, and all of a sudden, he's not in front of everybody else. And I discover he's just, he is not the problem. He is a symptom of a problem. And when, when I found out what was going on, because we were... To do it in front of everybody else, that was not the place to do it. And so that was really, really, really good counsel. Uh, sometimes uh, you can't deal with the situation right then and there because of other stuff's going on that has to happen. And so you're going to have to delay it. But don't delay too long. And if somebody else doesn't bring up the issue, then you need to take the initiative to solve the problem. And try and get it at a time when you're not going to have a lot of interruptions. Sometimes interruptions have names of our descendants or our ancestors or one of these things. But you know, you know what you can do with these things? You're right. You actually can turn them off. And, and, and sometimes there's advantages to doing that.
started for me to see kids at school. Jared sitting on the phone talking or texting, but talking, and their kids get in the car and they back up and they're still talking on the phone. They go talking on the phone instead of and that's sometimes it's it's it, it's needed. You have to do that, but it shouldn't be the everyday. It should not be the it should not be the norm. Yeah. Hopefully, your conflicts don't end up looking like this. So. Say it straight. State your feelings openly and respectfully through the effective use of I messages. Speak directly, clearly, and concisely without anger. Explain why you think the problem can be, how it can be solved, what's at stake. Speak calmly and um, lowering your voice rather than raising it. So are, are we going to be working on just our self-interest or, or what really needs to happen? We need to stay on one subject at a time. You can't solve all the problems of the world at once. Just Let's just work on one at a time. There may be that more are going to be brought up, but the more you bring up, the less likely you are to get anything solved. Uh, make up a rule that additional problems can't be brought up until the first one's been dealt with. And don't drag up old scores. If, the, if it's over six months old, we have inadmissible evidence. There are, however, sometimes when you're in a conflict resolution mode, it's kind of like riding the, the bull uh, at the rodeo. You, you have to stay on, otherwise you're going to get trampled. Now, you may be not agree with your friend's position. You might be violently opposed, but you can still respect their opinion to have, an, have it. You're not going to be doing any name-calling, wild threats, put-downs about appearance, intelligence, physical, anything, you know, because words spoken in anger can't be recalled. Um, speak and listen with respect. Here's a situation where someone isn't being properly respected, obviously. So what kind of solutions might we have? When feelings have been described constructively and openly, you see what the issues are, what are, what are some rational alternatives, what are, you know, let, let, let's get a list of as much things uh, as we can. We're going to evaluate it once you've got a, the information, you make an intelligent choice of the course of action that's most likely to succeed. Go back through your list. What are your thoughts on, so if we do this one, what happens? What happens if we go this wrong? What's the most one? Uh, now, this is important. Commit yourselves to choosing the solution closest to meeting the needs of the one hurting the most. This choice might take a good measure of negotiation and compromise. Winning should not be the goal because where there's a winner, there must also be a How many of you like to be losers? One of the things I really like about PBE is there's a potential for everybody to win. PBE, Pathfinder Bible Experience. Yes. So once you've got your, your solution, it's time to implement it. Uh, you know, after you've decided what to do, when, where, um, uh, that is the time to do it. And remember, two people are often going to perceive agreements differently, so that's a part of why you need to get it done right away. At a different board meet, a couple different board meetings that uh, I told you about the one where we had church discipline, there was another uh, item that came up once. And sometimes in board meetings, things come up, and I was a little bit of an outsider in the church, I'll admit it. And to me, I, I, I wasn't sure how much we really needed to spend time on this issue, but there were people that did. So are we going to keep this pulpit, or are we going to go to a smaller one? Okay. Okay. And so we... now. 
looking back, it's interesting because remember I told you that other discussion was, was very vague and nebulous and nobody wanted to, to call a shovel a shovel? Oh my, now we get into this really important stuff like are we going to keep this pulpit or are we going to go to something smaller? Now, now, on this really important item, we can get really clear about what the issues are. And uh, I mostly just sat back and tried not to grin. I, didn't, I really didn't care. I really didn't care. Uh, but one of the big issues with this one was that it took three men and a strong boy to move it every time it needed to be moved, and sometimes when you have a school program or whatever, you need it out of the way. And it was a big, it was a big project to move it out, and then it had to get moved back, and that was one of the problems. And so the decision was made that for a trial basis, we would use this smaller one. And the, there was a designated time. It was for, I don't care, six weeks or two months, whatever it was. It was written in the minutes. And, and so at the appointed time, it came up. And so there was a little more discussion and there was a vote. This was the last, next to the last item on the agenda. And the vote was taken. Then the vote was, we're going to put it back. And uh, is there any other bit? And, and it, that's how it was. And is there any other business? Okay. And then somebody moved to adjourn. We had prayer. And before any, right after amen, and I mean right after amen, I'll give the pastor big kudos for this one. He said, you know what we have to do right now? Huh? Dave sometimes doesn't catch on to stuff real quick. But he says, we need to get, it's, we made the motion, it carried, so we, now is when we need to move the pulpit. And we did. And it did take three men and a strong boy to move it, because it had a lot of gravity. But that was implementing it, and that was the time to do it. Um, because what would have happened if we hadn't done it then? Hard to get a crew to do it. Hard to get a crew to do it. And when are you going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, very true. Feedback is the process of providing information through which a person can find out. So I said this and did this stuff. What's how's it going over? So here's we have somebody that got some feedback. And apparently, it's uh, pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Each person's behavior is their response to somebody else's actions and words. And they're going to interpret them in the light of their background, values, experience. And sometimes people are going to misunderstand things. And we can't really know what feelings we've aroused unless they tell us what feelings they've aroused. Hopefully, this isn't quite the way things get stated. Without feedback, the distortion between our intentions and their response can grow. A lot of feedback there. So, unplanned feedback can emerge in a number of ways. Uh, it can be conscious, it can be unconscious, spontaneous, uh, solicited, unsolicited, verbal, informal, formal, you know, there's lots of ways it can happen. But let's face it, some people really aren't looking for feedback. So let's look at some of the forms of feedback. Get a plan together, and how are we going to do it? Reflection. Sometimes a group can appoint a process observer that doesn't engage in it, but just watches how they go about something and looks for, okay, when, when she said this, he thought he responded, and... and, and and have somebody that's just going to see, okay, what's going on here? And um, are we going to have time for people to ask questions about things or not? And um, we don't always see ourselves as we are. 
few, a number of years ago, uh, my youngest son uh, loaned some scuba, scuba diving equipment to one of his friends. Uh, his friend lives down in Niles area, out in the country there somewhere. And um, so Steve was supposed to get Aaron's scuba equipment back to him, and he says, well, well, my dad's going to be down at Berrien in October uh, for some Pathfinder stuff, so you can just give it to him. He says, okay. And so the appointed time came, and he says, so I don't know your dad, so how do I know him? Well, he's in the building where they're doing the Pathfinder stuff, and uh, he's the guy with the red beard. And so Steve was looking in all the rooms, and he's seeing lots of, lots of people presenting in, in different rooms, but he called there's nobody here with a red beard. My wife overheard this part of the conversation. She says, Aaron, it's not red anymore. It's real easy for us not to see some of our things the way everybody else sees us. So that's why now, I'll be honest. I am not the one that put these together initially. These slides were put together a while ago. Some of you might be old enough to remember what a tape recorder or what videotapes are. What do we use today? Cell phones are the most likely thing we're going to use. And, you know, there are some really cool things that we can do with these. Um, for instance, uh, we found a, uh, we were greeted in our room the other night. Um, would you like to hear the greeting that we got? It, it was partway into the evening. Now, to re I could not capture the visual of the, the greeter, but my wife says, well, just run the video. So what was that? That was a tree frog. But it is possible, you can get little stands for these, so you can prop them up. And I mean, let's face it, the, you can go on YouTube and find all kinds of stuff where some, you can see where it starts out with somebody leaving, the, they had just punched the, on, the go button on their video camera, and then they go say or do whatever they're gonna do. We can do that kind of stuff. Now this, this particular one is more of a dog thing, uh, cat versus dog things. And it, going on. Sometimes we'll have some for a coach and have somebody else that will observe us here. Um, not every um, group is gonna have a personal coach that, to, to break us in. Um, but sometimes personal feedback, if, now, given with the intention of helping. Okay, the intention of helping, that's very important here. So let's look at some guidelines about that. Feedback can reinforce, can confirm behavior by encouraging its reputation. You really helped when you clarified if it uh, can help bring behavior in line with intentions. It would have helped me more if you had stood up to talk. Now, is that something somebody had control over? whether they stood up or not. But frequently, we, we have the ability to stand up. So I mean, that's, that's not a, a, a real toughie. Hopefully this isn't the attitude we're gonna have this, where the, at the board meeting, the one guy say, get this straight, Harris, you correct me if I'm wrong, only when I say correct me if I'm wrong. So, feedback, feedback may help identify persons and their relationships. <coughs> Joe, I thought we're enemies, but we're not, are we? Zig Ziglar used to tell a story about this little kid that was confronted by a group of bullies. And he, he looks them over, and he walks up to the biggest one. And he draws a line in the ground. Uh, and, and he just takes a stick and draws a line in the dirt, 
And, and he looks at the biggest one. He says, step across that line. And the big guy steps across and he looks up at him and he says, now we're both on the same side. <laughs> that probably is, is a, a pretty clear indicator. So, feedback is, is helpful if it's descriptive rather than evaluative. By describing one's own reaction, it leaves the individual free to use the information as they see fit. By avoiding negative evaluative language, it will reduce the need for somebody to get all defensive. Is it specific or is it general? To be told one's dominating probably won't be as useful as to be told, just now when we were deciding the issue, you did not listen to what others said, and I felt forced to accept your arguments or face attack from you. That's, that's pretty specific, but they're getting right to the heart of it, and they're being clear. Now, is it appropriate? Does it take into account the needs of both the receiver and the giver? It can be destructive if it's only going to serve our needs and fails to consider the needs of the other person. Is it usable? Is it directed toward behavior the receiver can do something about? You know, if you remind somebody of a shortcoming they can't do anything over, what have you accomplished? You know, where I work, um, in the music store, there's a retired band director that comes in on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And she is an invaluable part of the team. She looks after ordering all the music for all the band directors and whoever and, and answering the phone and, and General Girl Friday, fabulous. And she is vertically challenged. She's about this high. So, now, with Terry, we can tease her a little about being short. But, but she knows we're having fun and not, we're not, we are not criticizing her. Uh, and you know what I'm saying about the difference? Because she will sometimes say, well, I could do it myself if it wasn't up on that shelf way up there. You know. Sometimes people are not looking for feedback. And feedback is most useful when the receiver has formulated the kind of question what those observing him can answer. Is it timely? Is it uh, at the right time to hear it or not? So here's a, an old far side comic. So, so look at the hat. It's got these eyeballs all over it. And Lozell gave it to Sadowski just to get the baboons mad at Sadowski. Eye contact, got it. It's a far side cartoon. Is our feedback clear? One way, now, one way of checking this is can they rephrase what it, see if it co corresponds to what you had in mind? I remember a number of years ago when I actually first started, uh, I, I was informed I was supposed to teach a Sabbath school lesson, adult Sabbath school class. I did not want to teach a Sabbath school class. I'm a great believer in Sabbath school. David never taught Sabbath school class successfully. I did not want to do it, but I somehow got pushed into doing it because I'm supposed to be able to do it. And I'd been a band director, so I was, I was therefore I was a teacher, therefore I'm supposed to be able to teach, guess what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it didn't work. But the blessing was, I'm looking back, I'm very, 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 very appreciative I got pushed into it. Because whoever did the, lesson, the, the teacher's helps for that quarter really, really had achieved ornithic alignment. They had their ducks in a row. And it, it was wonderful because they, they had... Uh, simple questions that you could ask, though it was really easy to figure out what the answer was, so anybody could feel safe in answering the question. And then there was a nice follow-up question, which could then promote discussion. And Dave, being a little slow to catch on, it, the quarter was about over, and 
I see the pattern. Oh, hey, and maybe I can do this on my own a little bit. And oh my, a whole new world opened up. And I started enjoying teaching Sabbath school classes. Um, talks about feedback being clear. Uh, here's a clear crystal. We, we want our feedback to be crystal clear, right? How many of you have ever been to the Smithsonian Institute? A few of you, okay. I got to go there uh, when I was in fifth grade. I had cousins that lived in the area, and they took us there, and my dad being a well driller, uh, we ended up in the division of uh, gems and minerals, and, or whatever they called it. And so I got to see the Hope Diamond, which is the, at, that, at least at that time, the world's largest perfect diamond. And it was, I, I was told we were looking through four inches of glass in this special safe and because, and there's a big curse with it and blah, blah. And, and uh, saw some gold from Sutter's gold mill that started the gold rush to California and all sorts of cool stuff. And the most amazing thing, looking back, was they had the world's largest perfect crystal clear, uh, perfect crystal ball there, and it was on a pedestal that I could get to. So I'm 10 years old, and I'm curious. And so, I mean, it, I mean, it's just sitting out here, you know, and, and, I, and then I was, to me, then it came up to me here, and I was curious, how heavy is it? Right. So I went over and and. And I picked it up, and I found out how heavy it was. Fortunately, my dad had a very clear mind at the time. He says, Dave, would you please carefully put that down? And I'd been taught to obey, so I put it down. Fast forward a whole bunch of years. I've got kids of my own, and one day... This wild thought crossed, I just happened to remember this, and the thought crossed my mind, what would have happened if I had dropped it? What would have happened? So when my daughter ended up on a field trip to Washington, D.C., and they were going to see the Smithsonian, I told her this story, and I says, look for it and see if you can still get at it. Came back. Dad, I saw it. You're right, it is big. No, you can't get at it. You, you, you can't get, you're only about 10 feet. As close as you can get to it. So, I don't know if some guard saw me uh, and they decided to make a change or, uh, I can't believe I'm the only one that did it. You know, uh, it, but at any rate, we want our, our feedback to be clear. Right? All our communication should be clear. It needs to be accurate. And if we've got a group, both the giver and receiver can check this with others. Is this accurate or not? Is this just one man's impression? Uh, or is it shared by others? Now, is, do we have an atmosphere of trust where we can trust the person uh, are they actually, is the person giving it actually concerned for the other person as an individual? Are we dumping all kinds of stuff on it, or are we giving it to them in amounts that they can actually deal with? When we give kids directions, uh, so we need to do this, 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 and this, they're usually not going to be able to remember all of that. Depending on your kid, you're going to give them one to maybe three steps, and when you get that done, come back. Um, yes? Is it timely and appropriate? Is, you know, is it derived from group experience? Are, and are we going to keep this within the group? Now, let, let's talk about keeping it within a group. A number of years ago, back when I was in Minnesota, I ended up at a constituency meeting in the small nominating committee that nominates everybody else. And so we ended up, I, I got told, or found out ahead of time, and we, the nominating committee was meeting, uh, or the, the constituency meeting was on Sunday morning. But the nominating committee needed to be there 
the night before. And so we meet in wherever it was that we met, and we've got the conference president is there, the union president is there. And we had a worship, and then the union president starts giving the ground rules. He says, we, this is the, uh, the rotation where all the conference offices need to be nominated and all of this stuff. And it's very important that not only in those, but in all the other nominations that we do, all the discussion that we have about people is kept within this room. Nothing can get out of here. It's very important that we keep it all in here. Yeah? I have a problem with that. What's that? I said, if I hear that somebody over there is doing something really great, I want to be able to tell other people about it. Now, I have no problem keeping lo the, if there's somebody, if there's a problem situation, no problem keeping that in there. But when there's good stuff going on, I want to be able to share that. He said, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, sometimes we're going to keep it in a group. But you, you understand what I'm saying here. If we catch somebody doing something good, do we want to keep it in the little group? Or do we want to be able to share it with other people? Are people open to it? To, are, they, are they ready to change? Are, do they respect who's giving it? You know? Do you trust the group? Are we violating somebody's personal integrity? Are we free to reject that or not? Is it meant to be helpful or is it meant to be a punishment? Some behaviors pe people can change, some not so much. Somebody ready to give an illustration of something, a behavior people can't change? Nothing's coming to anybody's mind? Well, I think sometimes uh, those um, like um, myself and his brothers who have certain uh, tics or uh, certain behaviors that they might rock to keep themselves awake or something like that. And to some people that might be distracting and they sit still, blah, blah, blah. Say, you know what? He's not bugging Just Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it knows Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can fall under that. And uh, a friend of mine is coming down with, he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And uh, another reminder of which planet we're on. And... Uh, you know, he, so he, 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 he doesn't look me in the eye like he used to. He's kind of looking out the side of his more. Um, he can't help it, you know. Uh, so, now, I like this next one. When it describes what the person is doing rather than placing a value on it. For example, when you yell at me, it makes me feel like I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's very nicely stated. And it's getting at the real, the real problem. Rather than, it's awful for you to yell at me, or you have no right, you know. Totally different. Now, I hope everybody has a piece of paper that they can write on, and something to write with. Now I need a brave volunteer. Are you a brave volunteer? All right, all right, I like brave volunteers. Okay, come on up, come on up. Here are the instructions. Study the series of squares below. With your back to the group, you are to direct the participants in how they are to draw the figures. Begin with the top square and describe each in succession taking particular note of the relationship of each to the preceding one. No questions are allowed. And you have to hold this so they can't see it. And you've got your back, your back to them. So you have to turn around. Oops, sorry. Okay, so you don't get to ask any questions. You're just going to do she, she's, you heard that there are squares. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, you know, everybody knows what a square is. Two-dimensional object, you know how to draw it. And so she's going to tell you about these squares, and you are to draw them like you understand her description. Okay? Okay. All right, go. Okay, the top square is in the very center of the paper. Equal and outside. The second square below it is offset to the left, and it's exactly in half of the first square. Okay, everybody ready? The third square is at an angle. It almost looks like a diamond, and it's to the lower right corner of the second square. Okay, ready? The fourth square is directly in the center of the third square, but it's shaped exactly like the first and second square, so it's just straight on the paper. But it's right directly at the point of the third square, which is at an angle. But this square is not at an angle. Okay, ready for the fifth and final square? Mm -hmm. The fifth square is up, shaped like a diamond again, and its point rests on the far lower left corner of the fourth square. And that's it. Thank you. I've done this exercise a whole bunch of times. A whole bunch of times. These are by far the best directions I have heard on that. So, this is what you're supposed to have. Can I see everybody's? Wow. Are you going to think better? Okay. So she's a nurse, so she has to give a lot of instructions to the clients and so forth, so that may play a part in that. So that was, that was far, 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 far better than I have ever seen done before. I, I, mean, I am impressed. I am impressed. Now I need another brave volunteer. Okay, come on up. Now we're into two, that was one-way communication. Technically, she did, she, did, she did violate it when she asked for, were you ready? You weren't supposed to do, you weren't supposed to do that. But this one is two-way communication. Here are the instructions. Okay. Study the series of squares below. Have you heard that before? Facing the group, okay. you are to direct the participants in how they are to draw the figures. Begin with the top square and describe each in succession, taking particular note of the relation of each to the preceding one. That sounds kind of familiar. Hmm. Answer, no, but this is new. Answer all questions from participants and repeat if necessary. A dialogue. Okay. You have a hard act to follow, but... Yes. Yes, ma'am. Is it the same as the last one? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at, at first, I had no... Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the first square is on top of the page at about two-thirds to the left. Okay. The second square is drawn at an angle like a diamond, and its uh, halfway point on the line there is directly in contact with the farthest lower right hand point of the first square. So it's halfway under. Correct. To the right. So not a point. Yeah. Say that again. Say it again. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I messed up on that one. So it's, it's on an angle like a diamond, and then the halfway point is directly on the point of the first square on the bottom right. Say it again. <laughs> is that the halfway point of the outside line on the inside of the square? Outside line. Thank you. Does that clarify it? Did it say, so do you remember the directions? Did it say that she couldn't? No, it, it, it said to answer all questions. I couldn't see it very well, so thank you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next square is um, back on its correct axis. And it's Top right, or excuse me, top left corner is going to be connected to the lowest point on the diamond you just drew. And it's going to face the right. So what are we doing on time? Correct. A little bit of time. Sure you How much right. we have left? 15 minutes. Okay. Good. Are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay, the next one's a little bit easier to describe. It's directly below the one you just drew and slid halfway to the left. Right. Okay, repeat that one. It's directly below the third one, but it's halfway over to the left. Square. They're all squares. How many squares do we have to draw? Five. Okay. I'm just making my eyes look all Okay, you ready for the last one? It is on a tilt again. We're drawing a diamond. And its topmost point is connected to the lower right of the previous square. Okay, this the last square is on point, so it's shaped as diamond. The top point is connected to the lower right point of the previous square. Those two Yes, ma'am. You kind of got it going on there, yeah. One time, about three questions in, somebody asked that. So, thank you. Okay. Now I need what? Now I'm looking for two brave volunteers. Yeah, one there. Did I see your hand? Okay. Okay. So, we're going to meet in the back corner. And here's what's going to happen. Up there, you see that football? You are going to tell him where it is, and he is going to pick it up, and he's going to put it on the other stool on the other side. But he's going to have one hand, he's going to take off his glasses and put them in a safe place, and then he's going to have one hand totally covering his eyes because I didn't get a blindfold. Oh man, i got to be blind. Okay. Yep. So, here's where you take your glasses off, and you put them in a safe place.
One hand is going to go over eyes, totally covering them. Now, you understand he goes, picks up the football, and it goes to that other stool, right? You, yes, you don't. You cannot touch him. Okay. But you. But this is verbal commands only. Okay. All right. So walk slowly forward and angle for your left. Keep going. Now angle forward again. Stop. <laughs> right face. A step forward. And a little bit more forward. And then another a left face. And a step forward. And a left face. And like two or three steps forward. One more. Yep. And then it's right to your right. Okay. Well done. Yeah. That was a pre-planned maneuver, but yeah. Um, so that is, I, this last one is, is just slight modification of something that would happen at the last teen snow outing in the afternoon. And um, there we had traffic cones, and I don't remember if it was tennis balls or softballs that were placed on them. And uh, something that I found really interesting is, and I, I'm going to pick on you because you're on the front row, so you just stand up, just stand up, and close your eyes. Now, walk toward the sound of my voice. Just walk toward the sound of my voice. Just walk toward the sound, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Just keep walking toward the sound of my voice. Can you hear me? Just keep coming. Walk toward the sound of my voice. Walk toward the sound of my voice. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And, okay, you can stop. You can open your eyes. That was one of the simplest ways of helping people do that, was for somebody else to get in front and just say, come to the sound of my voice. Okay. <laughs> you were afraid I was going to pull the pull out the fan or something. Okay, okay. Um, there are lots of resources available from Advent Source on listening and or, uh, on communication and all of this. Um, oh, on Advent Source, as I understand it, if you have an account with them and they do not charge for you to have an account, and you sign in with your account online. All of a sudden, and I don't, I cannot explain this, I am reporting. After you sign in to your account, all of a sudden, there's a lot more stuff that you can find that you can never see if you don't have an account. I don't, I don't know why that is, but it is. So, Whatever. I don't know why they did it that way. They did it that way. So, um, did anybody get the um, the word file on how to put that, how to put your binder thing together? You should have gotten. I only got had one that bounced back, and it was because I typed in a wrong wrong letter, and I tried to correct it. Um, but in the back on the on the back page, uh, there is a, a spot where you can put your name, uh, your account number or what, whatever it is in your password or whatever. So write it down, figure it out when you do it, and, and write it down so you can keep track of it. Anything else? Okay, and how much time do we have left? 
15 minutes. Do we want to try and do the rest of yesterday's? Sure. This is the part on enthusiasm. On enthusiasm! <laughs> Strong warmth of feeling, keen interest fervor, cause of fervor. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. You walk around camp meeting, just looking at people, sometimes you can spot people that are more enthusiastic. They hold themselves differently. And, and they're, they're just more bubbling and outgoing. And, you know, enthusiasm is a way to attract people. And uh, if you learn how to be enthusiastic, you're a lot less liable to be lonely. How do you become enthusiastic? Well, have some faith in yourself. Guess what? There's somebody that was willing to die for you. They believe in you. You are worth a lot. Um, faith, as one psychologist puts it, is the inner core of self-confidence, optimism, and enthusiasm. <laughs> is this a little like you felt walking across here? <laughs> okay. Combat skepticism with positive thinking, then convert your thoughts into actions. Track down solutions instead of concentrating on the dire consequences of defeat. This is a really interesting one. First of all, I'd like to thank Roy for his creative solution to our conference table being too small. I would have never thought to do that. I love this comment from quote from Mark Twain. Wrinkles should merely indicate where smiles have been. Have you met somebody like that? Yeah, I, I went to my 40th class reunion. And, um, and I met a girl there. Uh, we had had one date long ago. And, but it was interesting. To, I could see where she had had a lot of smiles. Uh, and, and she is one of those people that, that bubbles. Give generously of yourself. Uh, the enthusiast is fond of people, has time to help others, and has energy to spare. Focus on the advantages instead of dwelling on reasons why a project or idea won't, concede, won't succeed. Find ways to make it work. Don't let obstacles get you down. Now, here's a whole list of people. Beethoven went deaf. Edison was a total failure. He got kicked out of school. Yes, he was. And like many dyslexics, he, was, he, he, had, he could visualize things in his mind, and he works better with his hands. Okay? I can relate to that. Teddy Roosevelt was a physical wreck as a youth. Fanny Crosby was blind. Helen Keller could not speak, hear, or see. Booker T. Washington overcame considerable prejudice. Learn to rally others to your cause. Uh, people are naturally drawn and willing to, to give their enthusiasm to go-getters. We don't want you to be in a rut, okay? Not like this car. Um, enthusiasm doesn't permit room for anything derogatory. We're going to discard some criticism and convert it into praise. <clears throat> enthusiasm can help you develop, develop an attractive personality. It can be gracious, recognize the value of everything. Leaves no room for boredom, is a method of diplomacy and persuasion. It's a key, it opens doors, anticipates ideas. Portrait of praise indicates self-confidence and control is a way to get others to want to help themselves to help you. Enthusiasm establishes spirit and cooperation at little or no cost. It leaves no opportunity for sarcasm. Anger, sadness, or hate, no. It's going to make other people feel good. A man said, I'm like a car that's capable of 60 miles an hour, but the self-starter won't work and the battery is flat. I'm in a rut and life has lost its meaning. And now, alas, I am full of aches and pains, no energy, no inspiration. 
So, is there a remedy for this sort of dilemma? Is it possible to recharge our batteries and refuel our enthusiasm? Our minds may be full of what has been or what might have been, but for the present we're to spirit. There is a way, however, make a habit of prayer and Bible study, pray for strength and enthusiasm, develop your relationship with Christ. Consciously ignite your smile, your hello, your eyes, and your words. Make your conversation sparkle. Color everything you do with friendliness. Let the warmth and friendliness of your personality shine. Did anybody else see the rainbow yesterday? It was a double rainbow. Was it a double? I wasn't in the right spot to see that. I was standing around with a bunch of um, preschoolers. There was probably about eight preschoolers there, and one of them that was Three, three and a half. Told all the rest of the world about Noah's promise. Oh. Cool. And there was one kid there that had never heard it. He was asking her questions. That's awesome. And so I got the chance. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I was like, I think I'll remember that little girl saying that forever. Yeah. So, that was witnessing. So, if you want to be enthusiastic, know what you're saying and doing. Talk about it. Be warm, kind, sincere. Compliment people for what they do. Spread compliments in all directions. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, make someone feel your enthusiasm through praise. People hunger for praise. I remember one time I was in Home Depot. Early in, fairly early in the morning. I don't remember what I went in for, but I went in for something or other. And... There was a gal with one of these walk-behind scrubber sweepery things. You know, you've seen them. And she is not an actual employee of Home Depot, I don't think. She works for a company, a cleaning company that they hire. But I thanked her for being there and doing a good job. And she looked at me. couple weeks later, I was in there again in the morning, and she saw me, and all of a sudden her face just lit up. I got a feeling she doesn't get that sort of feedback real often. She was doing a good job, okay? It says, praise is power, make sure that you mean it. Sometimes we act though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements in life when all that we need to make us really happy is something to be enthusiastic about. And especially with adventurers and the younger pathfinders, they can, get, they can have a lot of fun. We can have a lot of fun with them. But you know what? This morning... I was uh, uh, in the teen tent again, and a bunch of those kids actually had fun in a song service. It can't, you know. Don't be this person. I'm not opinionated, I'm just always right. Don't be them. Look for good things in and about people. Good sleep, you know, that goes a long way. And, uh... I actually heard that on uh, Strong Tower Radio, that get to bed by 10 o'clock every night, that two hours of sleep, between 10 and 12, is the equivalent, getting that on a regular basis is the equivalent of making Prozac. Cool. So, That's interesting. That's interesting. It has to be the, that, uh, that 10 to 10 12. Yes. Because yeah. one hour before midnight is where the two hours have to be. Yeah. We detox and all that. Someone just We need to be someone who will encourage other people. 
Sometimes people just need some encouragement. In case you've never seen what that particular species looks like. Okay. So, if you want to make friends, be enthusiastic, and it will happen. Okay. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you that we do have so many things that we can be enthusiastic about and, and that we have things that we really have something to share with others. Now we ask that you'll be with everybody that's here and may they be blessed for having spent some time here. May they, may they find ways to use this in their everyday lives and be a blessing to others. We ask this in thy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.